The strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only and do not represent specific investment tax or estate planning advice. Investing carries an inherent element of risk, and it is in everyone's best interest to consult a tax, legal, or investment professional. Investment advisor representative of and advisory services are offered through USA Financial Securities, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the second episode of WTF. No, it's Wealth, Taxes, and Finances. I'm your host, John Cindia. I'm a certified public accountant and personal financial specialist. If you uh, are tuning in after the first and last episode that I had, I told you I was going to get into a new format. We're going to talk about a little bit of terms. I'm going to give you some uh, educational material. And then we're going to have subject matter that is going to be the meat of every week that we develop one of these uh, podcast for you. Let's get into it right away. First thing I want to talk about are some terminology. Qualified, non-qualified, taxable, non-taxable, tax-deferred, tax-advantage. What's everybody talking about? I had an article I'm going to read to you a little bit later, but no wonder there's so much confusion out in the public. I've been a CPA for over 35 years. I've also been a financial advisor for 25 And day in, day out, all I see is people misusing words, terminology. Everybody gets mixed up with this stuff. So let me try and clarify some things for you. Qualified and non-qualified. What the hell does qualified mean? Qualified is anything that hasn't been taxed. Think of your IRA. Think of your 401k, your 403b at work, 457 plan. Something like that that came out of your paycheck. It was on a tax-deferred basis. And whenever you take that out of the account that you started, you're going to get taxed on it. So anything like that is considered qualified money. It hasn't been taxed yet. So non-qualified, think of it as your cash uh, savings, your checking account, a brokerage account you may have uh, that you started with after-tax money. Those are all different types of non-qualified items that you deal with. You get into taxable and non-taxable, different types of investments, different types of uh, things that you may end up owning. Taxable is going to be something that would be maybe in your brokerage account or in your savings account. It's going to create interest, maybe some dividends off of the stock. Those things are going to be taxable to you currently. When they're non-taxable, they're going to be contained into your 401k, your 403b, or your IRA. So even though these, some of these terms are interrelated, they're not the same. So I could have a qualified account that would currently be non-taxable with my investments, but eventually when I pull those out, they're going to become taxable. And then they become non-qualified because I can use them for anything. Tax-deferred? is more like tax postponed is what I look at because your 401k even though it is currently deferred at some point you're going to pay taxes on that that's why I call it postponed tax advantage think of that as your Roth or cash value life insurance if you have a Roth you put it in with after-tax dollars everything it earns is going to be non-taxable once you pull it out 
So I look at that as tax advantage because you're never going to have to pay taxes on this uh, item if you use it properly. Cash value life, I look at as almost a super Roth. Even though you have a limitation on your Roth contributions, either due to income limitations or government restrictions, a cash value life policy is only limited by the amount of money that you're making. So even though these terms get confusing and uh, uh, used interchangeably, they actually have their own uh, different meaning to everything. So I hope that clarifies things a little bit. But here's the article that I was talking about. These are attorneys in Las Vegas, and they hold themselves out as tax advisors. And this is the kind of crap that drives me nuts. Top nine tax-free investments. I'm going to read a couple. The first three are actually types of accounts that you would hold and that would contain investments. 401k, 403b, IRAs, and health savings accounts. They're considering those investments. Those are actually accounts that you would set up to house your investments. So they can't even get the terminology proper. Municipal bonds, that's an investment. It's a fixed income. They also had tax-free exchange-traded funds, or ETFs. These are something we'll get into at a later podcast about different types of investments. But I'll give them that. That's an investment. 529 education fund. There again, it's an account. You set those up for your children for uh, um, college tuition. Currently, now you can have that through uh, kindergarten through 12th grade and utilize your 529 plans. But there again, that's an account that has investments inside of it. Series bonds, savings bonds, they've considered that an investment. There again, it's fixed income. Charitable donations as an investment? Come on, give me a break. This is a deduction that you're going to have uh, from a tax perspective. 1031 exchanges. These are tax-deferred uh, IRS language and different things that you're going to use for real estate. Bonus index universal life. There again, the index universal life is a cash value type insurance policy. It can be used for cash flow if it's used properly, but not normally as an investment. So. These are the things that even attorneys and people holding themselves out as tax advisors can't even get straight. So no wonder you're confused about whether something's qualified, non-qualified. Is it taxable? Is it tax-deferred? What, what all are they talking about? This is just a little bit of uh, just scratching the surface about these things. But uh, you go to my website, contact me. Feel free to email me, call, do whatever um, for uh, some further clarification. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about today, though, is education. I'm only going to hit on uh, three or four different types, but I want you to uh, do some homework on your own and figure out um, which of these could be better for you in your instances or at least look to see what you do have inside your portfolios. Mutual fund types, normally you're used to an A, B, C, or a no load. Let me give you a couple of examples of what these are. 
an A-type mutual fund, that's going to have a commission up front. And what you're going to do with that is maybe the first $50,000 of a mutual fund is going to cost you 5%. As you go up and you have $100,000, it may end up going into 3 or 4%. But it's a front-end load. You're going to be paying that up front. If you have $10,000, 5%, is $500, $9,500 is going to be invested. So you're actually paying all of that up front. At any point in time, you can pull it out, do whatever you want. B shares are not utilized very much anymore, but they used to have uh, a seven-year holding period. And what would end up happening is they considered, if you got out early, think of it as a seven-year CD. If you broke a CD and you got out in three years, you're going to have a penalty. You're not going to get all the interest. You're not going to get the higher interest. You're going to have a penalty on that. It's the same thing. They call it a contingent deferred sales charge. So basically what happens is the mutual fund company pays the advisor up front and and is uh, planning on you holding that investment for seven years. If you get out any time prior to that, you're going to have a penalty. There's also C-shares. C-shares have a lower commission uh, fee. Uh, It's usually 1%. It is not taken out as long as, again, you stand for the first 13 months. After 13 months, you can get out of it at any point in time. Then you may have uh, run across uh, an R share. There's different five, six different levels of R shares, and they're basically R's for the retirement plans. So you'll find those and most of your 401 or 403B plans. So that gives you a little bit of uh, background on the... uh, the mutual fund types that you're going to find out there. What I want to get into now is the main subject matter that I mentioned from the last time is trying to answer the four toughest questions about retirement. And you're probably wanting to know what are those. The first one is what do I have to return on my investments in order to maintain my lifestyle throughout my life expectancy? How much do I have to save in order to maintain my current lifestyle throughout my life expectancy? How long do I have to work? Yep, same thing. To maintain my level of uh, my lifestyle throughout my life expectancy. What happens if I don't do any of these, or I can't get all of these right, or I don't have enough uh, return on my investment, I haven't saved enough, I haven't worked long enough? Well, guess what? You're going to have to make some changes to your lifestyle. What we want to do and what we do here at uh, LifeStages Advisory on my planning business is we look at it, and it's a combination of all these factors. What type of return do you have to have on your investments? If you don't save as much as you possibly could, you have to become more aggressive. If you start later in life, you not only have to try to save more and be more aggressive, but you end up having to take more risks and more chances on, uh, on things that you may not have to. What we try to do is uh, blend all of these categories so that you have a proper return, something that you can tolerate with uh, your level of risk, something else that we'll get into at a later podcast. How much do I have to save? That's all going to be based on what are your expenses, how much you earning, uh, how, how good are you at budgeting. There again, budgeting, another, another situation that we're going to be looking at in a podcast. So a lot of these different terms, as you uh, stick with us here through these podcasts, you're going to find out that everything's interrelated. 
And as we go through this, everything's going to come together after a, probably another six or eight of these uh, podcasts if you stick around here. Um, how long do you have to work? Well, there again, if you save more money and you take more chances and you do get a positive return on that, you may be able to work less. But if you take too much risk and the market turns on you, you may end up having to work longer. Uh, we've had clients in all these different phases, and what we try to do is use many different types of investments. Some of it is for guaranteed money, stay ahead of the market, uh, stay ahead of inflation, uh, helps you grow the rest of your investments. But we always make sure that there's a particular amount that is going to be there regardless of what happens to the rest of your uh, portfolio. And then the last part of that thing is if you don't earn enough, if you don't save enough, and you can't work for a long enough period, what are you going to have to do? It's uh, lifestyle changes. These lifestyle changes are basically, what am I going to have to cut in my budget? Uh, am I going to have to compromise my lifestyle? What we find working with uh, us here at Life Stages Advisory is that when the people that we're dealing with out of the last uh, five to eight years, once they retire, they're retiring at at least the same level, if not getting an increase in retirement. There's many factors that determine this, and a lot of it has to deal with uh, if they are saving money uh, for in their 401ks and they're putting other uh, funds aside, what they find out is that now they're not putting that savings out there. They're not having their Social Security uh, taxes taken out. Uh, they don't have any withholding for state, city, or uh, federal. So once you end up having that, the net check that they had because of the health insurance, because of everything else coming out, maybe some disability insurance, maybe there's a, another savings plan that they had, but their net effect is actually an increase once they're retired. So it's not as uh, terrible as some people may think, and we've been actually able to get people retired a few years sooner than they actually thought they could. Um, you're going to find a lot of these people, like uh, that article I read, that uh, whether they're attorneys, they're advisors, they're tax preparers, uh, they all say that they can plan, they all say they can do something, but what they lead with is a product. And if they lead with a product and don't know your background and can't answer uh, these four toughest questions for you or not even interested in finding out um, you know, what you are earning, what you are, uh, how much are you saving, how long do you plan on working, uh, if they don't know anything about you, how can they possibly suggest uh, something up front, you know, whether it's an annuity, uh, whether it's uh, uh, managed account money, uh, whether it's uh, stock, uh, do, they, do you want growth stocks, do you want dividend stocks, uh, are they looking at municipal bonds, uh, what types of um, bonds are they looking at from a standpoint of uh, uh, government issues. All these things have to be taken into consideration, and uh, there again, that's what we do. Being a CPA, uh, I also have a tax slant to everything that we discuss. So it, it's, uh, it's a process. Uh, it's not a transaction. If you have someone that just wants to sell you something that's a transaction, uh, I'd get up and walk out. 
you need to have a process, you need to have consistency, and you need to have someone that's going to monitor that on an ongoing basis. This isn't a static situation that we're dealing with. So what I'd like to uh, end with here, you going to uh, the websites again that I talked about in the first episode, uh, lifestagesadvisory.com, J-A-C-C-P-A, P-F-S.com, and uh, go to either our tax website or our planning website. Uh, There again, you can either email me, you can call in, uh, you can set an appointment. But if you have any questions, feel free to uh, contact us, and hopefully uh, you'll find some uh, benefits out of these podcasts. Um, We've got Dean and Remington here again, and uh, I I think this is going a little bit smoother after uh, we get the bugs out, at least I do, after the first three or four of these. We should be uh, um, well on our way. Until next time, remember to stay positive and think, uh, yeah, think WTF, right? Uh, Next time, we're going to go through and discuss the five most inefficient areas where you use money. Thanks. See you later. Bye.